الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to my honorable listeners today inshallah we'll be discussing the second juz of the holy Quran what is going to be recited in the tarawih salah the second para begins with mentioning of the changing of the qibla after coming to Medina Munawwara, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed salah facing Baytul Maqdis for approximately 16 months. However, his desire was the Kaaba be declared the Qibla for the Muslims, which was an apparent sign of the path of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfilled this desire of Nabi salam by commanding the changing of the Qibla. After the revelation of this command, as usual, the polytheists, the hypocrites made baseless objections. But the Jews were in the forefront in this matter. Outwardly, they expressed surprise, but in reality, it was due to their stubbornness that they said, what? has turned them away from the direction towards which they used to face when performing ibadat. Allah Ta'ala commanded His Nabi, Say to them, O Nabi of Allah, all directions, whether it be east or west, belongs to Allah. Thus, He has the choice that whichever direction He desires, He can stipulate to the Qibla. In other words, all directions, belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No direction by itself holds any virtue over another. Nor does any direction have the ability to become the Qibla on its own. By the command of Allah, a Qibla is stipulated. Therefore, their objections regarding the changing of the Qibla are baseless and hold no weight. The main thing of importance is not the facing of any specific direction, but rather it is turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By studying these verses, the beautiful conduct of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is shown. That due to his extreme love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his anticipation for revelation, he used to continuously lift his blessed gaze towards the sky over and over again, but he did not ask for the direction of the Qibla to be changed, since it was possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure and decision was in not changing it. Perhaps due to this, immediately after commanding the change of the Qibla, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the greatest favor which has been granted to the people of Iman in the form of an illuminated lamp, a warner and bearer of glad tidings, Hazrat Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, specifying a direction is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sending of a Rasul for guidance is also an unparalleled favor. So closing the discussion on the changing of the Qibla, the final and decisive point mentioned is that the true yardstick for measuring piety is not turning towards the east and west, but rather it is that one's direction of beliefs, aqaid, actions, amal, business, transactions, muamalat, 
in character, akhlaq, be correct, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If our qibla, if the qibla of our heart and our mind is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then indeed we are on a path of righteousness. We are on a path of righteousness if our qibla is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as we made mention before, when it comes to do when it comes to do with uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is our qibla, meaning the direction of our heart, the direction of our mind. When a person is in any sort of a difficulty, who does he turn to first? Look at that. If you turn to the means that Allah has created in this world first, then that is your ilah, that is your diet, that is your qibla. But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one whom you turn to first in every solution, in every problem, then you turn towards means, then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put baraka, will put baraka. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make whatever will ease the difficulty, will ease the sickness, and whatever it may be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give shifa. So the ulama have given great importance to this verse. Approximately 16 laws have been extracted from Allah, from, from the quran Kareem. This verse also shows that Islam is not just the fulfillment of a few religious practices which are done in places of worship in the khankas, in deen religion, is related to every facet of our lives. It remains with a person at all places in the home, marketplaces, masjid, madrasa, politics, government, and in business and social dealings. Islam keeps an eye on every Muslim at every place. It is necessary for Muslims to at every step look to, to Sharia and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accordingly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions also in the, in, in, in the second juz of the Quran that Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sta'inu bis sabri wa salaa that O oh, you who believe hold on to sabr and salah. When there's a difficulty, turn to salah. Nabi alayhi way was, whenever there was a difficulty or calamity that came upon, you always turn to salah. Salah and dua is a weapon for the believer. Provided we have yaqeen, we believe, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed, has, has accepted our, our, our supplications to Him. So, in another hadith, it, uh, in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar, that salah will remove a person away from immodesty and immorality and from that which is prohibited. 
Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about a believer and a Muslim. That when a calamity comes upon a person, if you have to look at in the, in, out of Islam, a person, a non-Muslim world, in the non-Muslim world, how do people behave and carry on when they lose a, a, someone who is close to them? Then what do they do? They hold their head and some people are banging, on, banging their heads on the walls and doing all sort of, all these kind of things. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that when a calamity befalls a believer, a mu'min, a Muslim, then what do they say? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Verily, we're coming from Allah and we are going to return to Allah. Allah is our creator. Allah is our darisha. Allah is controlling each and every aspect of our lives. So, we turn to Him. And we say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the same first quarter of the second para, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ The dead person who has iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed his love for Allah is ashad, is the most high. So until and unless we don't get, make our love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reach that level. And how we reach that level? By being in the companionship of people whose love is of that level. Especially now in this month of Ramadan. Maximize. Go and sit in the company of the pious. There's only benefit in their company. Take out time. Go make the dhikr of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions, Ana jalisum man dhakarani. That I am with those people who are remembering me. Allah mentions, Fadhkuruni adhkurkum. Remember me, I will remember you. So turn, Allah will give us the tawfiq. Turn to Him. He'll give us the tawfiq of turning towards Him. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we're going, going more into the, into the second juz of the Holy Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about fasting being compulsory and the object of fasting, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Fasting is fard upon each and every man, each and every woman who is of baligh and sane nature. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then also mentions about fasting and what actions do we do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions all these, a few points. When we ask 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am close to you, beg from me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us all our ibadah. Let us draw from the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a lot of laws that are mentioned in the second Jews of the Holy Quran, the issue of, of nikah, of talaq, etc. But we'll just mention a few points that when a person who possesses wealth perceives that his death is imminent, then it is compulsory for him to make a bequest regarding his wealth, number one. Number two, during the nights of Ramadan, it is permissible to engage in relations with one's wife, but this is not permissible whilst in itikaf. Earning wealth in any impermissible and wrongful manner is not allowed, whether it be by means of gambling, stealing, usurping the wealth and property of others, bribery or buying and selling through impermissible methods. All of that is not permissible. The lunar calendar is one of the Shia distinguishing factors of Islam and its usage is for the kifaya. If some use it, the responsibility will fall off the others. It completely, if completely left out, will be sinful. Many forms of worship are based on having knowledge of it. Jihad and fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are compulsory upon the Muslims. The purpose of jihad is raising the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Since the conflict between truth and falsehood, good and evil has always existed and will always exist. Therefore, jihad was always there and will always remain. It is necessary for the Muslims to be ready for jihad at all times. Muslims should not make apparent the weaknesses in front of the enemy because the punishment for weakness is nothing but a sudden death. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has pointed out a few points which, I, which I've just made mention of. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us and accept our taraweeh and brothers and sisters. Let us rectify our recitation of the Quran Kareem also by taking our time and, and listening to the Qur'an, reciting the Qur'an. Indeed, this is the month of the Qur'an, the month of Sunnah, the month of love for Allah. Allah accept, inshallah. Until tomorrow, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.